Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make our community tick. Almost all the headlines are from the New Haven Independent, my source of local news. Stories written by the great reporters I'm lucky enough to be in an office with all week. And it's, uh, so headlines and baselines, the news, local news, a little bit about it, and then the music that's inspired by it. Here was one headline that really caught my eye this week. Ready? Jim class gets personal. So Jim is different, folks. If you're a certain, if you're a baby boomer like me, and the world is always changing, this is one of those ways that world is changing. New Haven, Laura Glesby had a story about how New Haven's physical ed teachers have begun a new way of teaching gym and i got the sense it didn't like change overnight it was gradual over time but team sports are out war is out competition with other people and winners and losers is out what's in is yoga biking social and emotional health and personal goals to work on to make yourself do better so you never lose what you do is you find ways to keep doing better altogether and feel healthier in body and mind. So there's yoking. There's yoga. There's I wish gym class was like that when I was growing up. I hated gym. <laughs> it felt so bad. Anyway, yoga, biking, and then there's something the Neville Brothers sang about. They had a Jones for another thing that's part of gym class now, dancing. And the Neville Brothers singing about the dancing Jones. You know my baby, shady, shady, got a dancing Jones. Every time she hears a stone, she just got a shake of bones. No one can stop her, no one can stop her. When Brothers with the Dancing Jones, so they would fit right in in gym class in New Haven 
public schools in 2024 where dancing is on the agenda, not team sports. Although I wonder if they'll have like dancing with the stars competitions and kids can still feel bad. They always find ways to compete and feel bad. But we're looking on the bright side of things here at Headlines Baselines, WNHHFM. Stories, headline stories, gloss, and music about the news in our community. Here's a headline from this week's New Haven Independent. Ultra-fine pollution enters Tweed debate. So as you know, Tweed New Haven Airport was a sleepy airport for its whole existence. It's well into the last century. Then all of a sudden, in two minutes, they got this airline, Avello, that's suddenly flying to 9,432 different cities every day. That's a slight exaggeration. But it's uh, over two dozen now. It's a busy airport. Neighbors are trying to stop it. They say, even though we bought here, we don't think we should have to live with all this pollution and also worried about the environment going forward. City leaders had always said, well, we need to fly planes there, commercial flights, because that'll get all these businesses to locate here. But that ended up not working. It turns out it's the leisure travel that's going bananas right now, those people flying out. So they were trying to get promo- uh, approvals to expand that airport. Have more flights, a new terminal. Neighbors have been fighting it. Neighbors have been losing. Recently, the federal government did a federal study about pollution, said that when you take everything together, like fewer cars and trucks on the road, efforts the airport is making to mitigate the pollution damage, that it's fine. So they've got permission to go forward. So Hawks is a group, neighborhood group. It's a good acronym given that they do care about hawks and birds and whether they get affected by pollution from air travel. They, they brought an expert this week, Laura Glesby, wrote an article about it from Tufts, who said, we, I did my own study. I, did, I looked at something the federal government doesn't look at, which is ultra-fine particles that get left um, from, the air fly, from the air flights, the fuel that's burnt. And she says, even though it's not in the study, that does really harm people. And there is more of that ultra-fine pollution coming, and it's not ultra-fine for the people who live there. So, but actually, when she was, pre- what was interesting about me, read between the lines, she was pressed by a neighbor saying, does that mean you think it should be rejected and that the overall net impact of increased air travel is going to be bad for people's health? And she actually didn't take a stand on that. She said, that's for you to decide based on the evidence. And as commenters pointed out, pro and con, the federal government doesn't consider ultra-fine particles, so that kind of makes it moot unless you get a lawsuit or an appeals process that gets them to for the first time and you make new law. And other people said, under this definition, there just won't be air travel or car travel or truck travel, which actually I wouldn't mind personally. But uh, as policy, that's not going to be happening in our country because you also get ultra-fine particles from cars and trucks. And that yet they claim you have fewer cars and trucks driving to JFK and Bradley if you're flying from Tweed. You know, these arguments are always interested. Uh, they contradict each other. They always have logic to them, but you're always questioning whether the facts and the science are based on the outcome people want to have when they started raising the question. But for the meantime, I think it's a great, important debate to have. And in the meantime, there used to be one gate to one city. Then there were two gates to two cities. Now, as Marie Knight sang, the great gospel-turned R&B singer, in her tribute to Reverend Gary Davis, all of a sudden we have 12 gates to the city and county. That make way 
gates to the city Saying, oh my Lord, what a beautiful city Oh, what a beautiful city oh, What a beautiful city Well, gates to the city Gates to the city and counting double 12 gates to cities. Between New Haven Airport, though, they only have a couple of gates, but now they got uh, some money to try to build some new gates. And that's on headlines, baselines, Dateline New Haven, 103.5 FM live streamed at newhavenindependent.org and wnhh.org if you want to get specific about it. One heartbreaking headline and heartbreaking story so well reported this week by Laura Gillespie in The Independent. Suit, colon, that means lawsuit. Suit, colon, cops fail to stop domestic homicide. You know, sometimes you get, you know, we have a couple dozen at a busy year, a couple dozen homicides, sometimes less, but you kind of hear about them. Few of them you hear a lot about. Most of it's like goes across your consciousness and out. There was one um, last summer. It was really heartrending, though not a lot of details come out at first because it has to be investigated to know what's going on. This involved a woman named Sheila Harris who was shot by her partner who was a domestic abuser and she'd gone to the police for help. They'd been with her and then they said something like, well, I think she's leaving the house so we'll leave. And um, they went to another call and then they got a call back. Oh my God, the guy's back there. But then the dispatcher messed it up and gave the wrong address. And he killed her and then their daughter shot the abuser dead. Double homicide. Heartbreaking. Daughter was not charged, and no one thinks she should be charged. But this lawsuit, this is why we need a tort system, why Ralph Nader was right. There are a lot of bullshit lawsuits, you know, that just raise up costs, people looking for a payday. But there's still important lawsuits where civil actions help us figure out in our court system how to hold institutions accountable for loss of life that could be prevented. I recommend the story. And, you know, with domestic abuse, there are a lot of layers to it. How to, always tough how to police deal with domestic abuse. Police have their own domestic abuse issues often because they're human beings too. And how can the system best respond when you've got someone who's an ongoing threat? You probably can't be with someone 24-7, but you could do more than was done here. Those are important issues to tease out. And meanwhile, when we think about this and similar challenges in our society, I think Joy Lodekin got it right with one of her signature songs about how maybe we should approach it on a one-on-one -on -one level and then as a communal level. That if you got a problem, I got a problem too. When the light is gone And you're on your own You've been trying, but the fight never goes away 
when you don't know when the sun will shine again. All you gotta do is look my way. If you got a problem, I got a problem too. If you're standing at the bottom, I'll reach out. Be strong, and I'll carry you through. If you got a problem, I got a problem, too. That's Joy Lodekin from her lips to God's ears and all of our ears here on Headlines and Baselines. We're doing headlines from the independent and beyond, songs inspired by the headlines. Headline, Labor Board Sides with Parks Union. Doreen Sharenke, you know, you talk about, wrote this article, and it, this matter, too, the way civil suits matter, so do arbitration processes. And people complain sometimes it might be too weighted toward labor. I think in American society, I'm not worried about employers having too little power. And uh, arbitration panels are set up with usually a mix of people approved by both sides. And in this case, the state board ruled that the city of New Haven has been not following the rules of its contract with the Union of Parks Workers. Parks workers work at the Walt Walker Rink, Ralph Walker Rink, skating rink that got re renovated a few years ago. The Albertus Magnus Falcons play there. That's a hockey team. You need people to ride the Zamboni, which is always fun to have any occasion to mention that word Zamboni and think about it and do other maintenance there. And prep, city was outsourcing it. Union said you shouldn't. And the labor board agreed. So now the city's going to have to pay the bill for that. Give them what Barbara Lynn was singing in her contribution to the collection round or collection Any Women's Blues. She said it's time for payback. i 
Barbara Lynn, left-handed lead guitarist from Texas back in the day. Her contribution to the Rounder Collection, Any Women's Blues, the payback, which the Parks Union is getting from the city government for booting them from the Zamboni at Walker Rink. You're listening to Headlines Baselines. Here's a headline from The Independent this week. Driver, give ri- driver gives rideshare rights a lift, L-Y-F-T. Nora Grace Flood drove with Senia Rodriguez. Hope I said that right. She's a Lyft driver. She also organizes her fellow Lyft drivers to stop, to try to not get so completely ripped off as quote gig workers, meaning exploited workers. That's just definition. We're not going to call you real employees so we can cheat you more. And they're fighting back against that as they do. The drivers do in a bunch of different states. A lot of the changes come through state laws. They've gotten some improvements. She drove up to the Capitol. Nora caught a ride with her. It was actually her boyfriend's car. He's also a driver. Hope I got that right. And she rallied the troops because it's a new legislative session in the Capitol. They said, let's make some good changes happen this year. Let's raise the amount we get in our base pay for every mile and minute we drive. If, so, if we go out to pick someone up and then they cancel it, let's get compensated. And let's say that they, uh, they get all the tips rather than having those greedy bosses pocket them. You know, we don't like when those sleazy restaurant people do that. Somehow if it's a faceless app, but it's really some... Greedy tech bros, we think it's okay. But you know what? Keep fighting. I'm so, I'm, I love reading about people like Ms. Rodriguez and reading about the fight to get better working conditions. And they, it's a long road. It takes a long time to get there, all those miles driven. They start out, as Cat Stevens says, miles from nowhere. And as I think you'll feel from the song the way I do when I hear it, that it reminds you that you do get somewhere in the end. Miles from nowhere Guess I'll take my time Oh yeah To reach there Look up at the mountain have to climb, oh yeah, 
stare Lord, my body has been a good friend But I won't need it when I reach the end Mash from nowhere Bobby's been a good friend, but I won't need it when I reach the end. Okay, I love that song. I could listen to it a million times. It takes you on a flight so beyond where any flight from Tweed New Haven Airport could ever take you without any ultra-fine pollution. Just ultra-fine vibes. WNHH headlines and baselines. Here's a headline. Lady Governors look ahead as tough season comes to a close. Maya McFadden's been following... We just randomly picked a, base, a basketball team to follow this year, the, the f- girls' team at Wilbur Cross. They didn't have a good year. They had 18 games. They lost 17. They were young. They had some injuries. And as you can tell from that headline, the stories weren't they lose another game. They were about how they deal with the challenge and the adversity. They found ways to feel like they'd accomplished something, met challenges, and they could learn from what happens on the court, get better at the game, and feed off each other's enthusiasm to still... Make the experience meaningful. Or as Mickey Honeycutt might say, it might not be the points on the board. It's about getting soul deep.
Love is a river running so deep. S-O-U-L. Mickey Honeykit from Shreveport, Louisiana. Giving it her all for her contribution to Rounder Records, any women's blues. Really made you think about how we have these separate categories for blues, R&B, soul, rock and roll. There are reasons for those different definitions. You could have college courses about them. But you put them in the studio, pretty much it comes out the same, at least in that in that iteration. You're on Headlines and Baselines at WNHHFM. Here's a headline. Dwight Rentals Pitched for Firebirds and Families. Dwight means Dwight Neighborhood. Rentals means they want to build apartments. Pitched means they wanted permission, so they had to make a case for it. So that the Firebirds, the, the uh, fire, Black Firefighters Group, does a lot of training for kids and charitable work. And families, meaning low-income families that have a hard time finding housing in New Haven, be able to live and rent apartments. So they want to build this for those folks, and it's being undertaken by a nonprofit, Dwight Development Corporation. It's done good work in that neighborhood in Dwight. Dwight's had a hard time over the years, right? especially that area by Dwight Kensington. Dwight Development Corporation has been an anchor. Has been an anchor. They build the Stop and Shop Plaza gas station. For some reason, they made such a big deal about the gas station part, which was fine, but it was the plaza and the food, the food desert that made the difference. They also built their Montessori school and headquarters about across the street and a little up the block from where they want to do this project. <clears throat> this project's Orchard and Edgewood. Seems like a no-brainer. Um, but when you talk about brains, that has nothing to do with zoning. We have these old rules where they made dumb rules that were even dumb then and then they become dumb when times change and our thinking change. They was going to have all these zoning rules for how much you could build where, how much room to leave, how much parking. So they have to, just to build those nine apartments on this corner block, they need permission to make it denser than they were allowed. They need to have, supposed to have uh, 2,000 square foot density, for a 2,000 square foot lot for that much. And they said, let us have 403 square feet. The rule was that the building can't cover more than 30% of the lot, which is nuts. They want 85% covered. They want to have no off-street parking. Where they're supposed to have 35 slots as though everybody drives a car, which they don't in a city. And we don't want to build our city for cars and make those old zoning rules. So I think they're going to get their permission because Dwight Development is a supported organization as of the Firebirds. We need housing. But why do you have to keep going to the zoning board? People say, let's make new, better zoning rules. I say, no, throw the whole goddamn thing out. We need a few rules, right? You don't want to poison people. Threaten their lives and safety. Special attention to stuff for kids. You don't want to have certain kinds of business near kids. And then that's it. All this about how high something is. Historically, what it should look like the way it looked like in 1920 rather than 1950. How dense it should be. How much parking. You know, the free marketers are right on this one. Let the market decide. As long as you're not hurting anybody, right? As long as you're not poisoning people or putting danger or pollutant pollution. Because people, when they're investing their life savings or making decisions to lend money or building a house or starting a business, they're putting their money on the line and their lives on the line. And they're not going to do that unless they think it's succeed. And they're going to know better than some planner or zoner who sits at some meeting deciding how they'd like the way the world should work based on their own narrow vision. Rather than the way the world really works, this is where people decide what they're going to build where. I think that's the lesson we did not take from New Haven's planning fiasco of the urban renewal period. There we turned out a lot of historic buildings. We had all the single-use zoning where everything could just be a store or just be an apartment. That's not the way the real world worked. And we destroyed the heart of our city, and we're trying to undo it now with new zoning to have it everything be the store on the first floor with three apartments above it, which was the critique at the time by Jane Jacobs and her followers here that said, that's the kind of stuff people want, mixed-use, street-level and I think the lesson wasn't that you therefore copy what they wanted that time, that day, in that place, but the underlying thrust of their argument, which was that don't tell people what to do all the time to try to control your city based on your personal preferences. Let people make their organic decisions of how we want to live and how we build up a community, and it's going to be better every time. But in the meantime, Cotton Barbershop for many years was on that corner. And now the reporter, nor Grace Fun informs me it's empty. It's a thing I should walk by it every day. I figure I would have noticed. So it's coming down as part of this project. So it's a tribute. Let's hear Michelle Schock 
singing Cotton Eye Joe in a interesting medley with Prodigal Daughter, her rewrite of The Prodigal Son. Michelle Shock that goes at a cotton barber shop. It's gonna be torn down at Orchard and Edgewood. And I have to admit something now. I feel kind of dumb about this. For more than three decades, I've gone past that barber shop many times a week. I don't think I've ever seen anyone go in or out of it. I've seen the gate open. Hmm. Headlines and baselines and open questions. WNHH FM. Here are two headlines from separate stories. Connecticut News Junkie and in the um, Connecticut Mirror. You can read them in the Independent as well. We link to them. They're separate stories. I think they're related. Ready? So, uh, first headline, Jamil Ragnan wrote, Landlords vow to fight expansion of eviction protection. Meaning, with all these evictions happening and people living month to month often on leases and get kicked out for no fault of their own because of greedy landlords or just not sensitive landlords or sometimes they screwed up, but that's, of course, okay. They screwed up. They should be kicked out. They want to, there's a proposal at the legislature to expand who gets protected by, um, from eviction. Right now, you can't just, for no reason, for no cause, kick out anyone who's over 62 or disabled. You have to have a reason. 
They want to expand that to all renters. So the landlords don't like that. They're fighting. Let's hope the lawmakers don't cave. And here's one reason when you look at this other headline from the Connecticut Mirror. Report, colon, Connecticut judges' professional backgrounds impact eviction races rates. So it's one of those stories that make you hit your head and say, I'm dying of not surprised from Aladdin, meaning, of course, it's true, but you got documented, which they did, which is that if you got, if you get evicted and you go to court, if your judge used to represent people like you, they're in legal aid, attorney general's office, trial lawyer, you're going to get a better deal than if that judge used to be a corporate attorney or a prosecutor trying to get rid of people like you. And a lot of judges are the latter. So that's another reason why we need to build in those extra protections. And that's the kind of thing that Marvin Gaye sang about and we still sing about in his inner city blues where he sang, It Makes Me Want to Holler. Well, as usual, I least once the show I put in the wrong CD I put in volume one of promised land not volume two so apologies we'll tee it right back up to hear that classic and I think it's been remixed and obviously covered so take two Marvin Gaye makes me want to holler forget that song's just under three minutes it seems so much to it the layers of instrumentation the vocal patterns that and he sang a lot that's what they used to do right that's from the 60s and 70s when you made the songs for am radio and you told a whole story and you went different places musically in the arrangements and you 
did it tight. They were masters. You listen to FM radio, we're not as tight, but we still do our best. WNHH FM headlines and baselines. And uh, the headline I wanted to mention now was no motion housing plan grows in scope. Okay, imagine West Rock. Big West Rock, beautiful nature. West River under it. So many people use it, so many creatures, so many forms of nature thrive by it. Then, of course, people want to destroy it to make money. This one group has been wanting to destroy it since 1999 in the wetlands and build senior housing. And they need permission because of our dumb zoning rules. But in this case, I believe in it because you talk about environment. But it's not because of the environment. They need the zoning. So then screw it. And uh, they kept getting yeses. How many times do you say yes to people want to build stuff and then they can't build it? Well, since 1999, they've come back over and over to build the senior housing in the shadow of West Rock. It's 2014. Now. No, it's 2024 now. Ooh, 25 years later. They still haven't built the damn thing. Thank God. And they came back and said, now we got a new plan. Uh, that other stuff doesn't work. So now we'd like to build it for all ages and um, have 140 apartments along the West River. So because they said yes before, they felt they had to do it on the basis for saying yes before. Because the truth is, having it be seniors and not seniors doesn't really matter. But Adam Arshad, who's on the City Plan Commission, said, I wish we could take another look at the environmental. They could if they wanted to. They didn't want it. They didn't want to do what Adam and what Al Green wanted to do when he sang in the original version of Take Me to the River. I'd like to dedicate this song to little Junior Park. Cousin of mine is going on, but he'd like to kind of carry on in his name. I sang. I don't know why I love you like I do. Out of all the changes that you put me through, used all my money and my cigarettes. Take Me to the River, the original by Al Green, who wrote it. A lot of people know the um, Talking Heads version, which revived it kind of faithfully in spirit. I love both versions, and I love what's so different about them. Al Green had that trademark restrained style. 
It's this intensity of emotion and funk and gospel tinges to his even sang in tongues sometime and the horns, but it always was a little bit holding back to make every decibel count. Talking Heads didn't change the arrangement that much, but they blasted it. They took that intensity. It was during the New Wave era, but they went back to that R&B standard. And they made it their own classic. And I think that's what music's about. Everybody adds their own spin on it, and it keeps getting better. Which is what happens in our community, too. We have our steps back, our headlines that... Including that one horrible one last week about the domestic homicide that makes us look at what else we need to do step forward. But we do step forward together. And thanks for joining me in doing that for the last hour. Headlines and baselines. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew. How it would feel to be free. A song that we did recently, Simone. From their CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night long at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. Music.